Could you use a quick tip daily? How about a tip that can impact your day? My name is Rafael. Join me as I bring you tips by experts around the world. These experts have shared their knowledge and wisdom with me and will directly share them with you. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, and comment, and I would love for you to become part of the New Tip Daily community. Good morning, David. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Good morning to you, sir. How, how are you? I'm exceptional. Getting better every day. Every day. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. I know we have some great tips that you're going to be sharing with us, and they're based on presenting. So I love, I love that because so many people, they think they know how to present. Meanwhile, ah. they need your tips. They need yes. your tips. So you're, you're ready for a one tip at, right now? Let's do it. Let's do All it. Right. I'd love to hear it. So one of the, at the foundation of my training is, are the eight principles of engagement. And I'd like mm -hmm. to share one of those principles. And as you said, there are many people that present, but a lot of people don't realize that they, that they could be doing a better job. Mm -hmm. Subject matter experts feel that they know their material and that automatically qualifies them to be an expert speaker. Right. <laughs> so, so one of the principles of engagement, one of the eight principles of engagement is the principle of complexity. Mm. And the principle of complexity is all about first understanding your audience and understanding what is the current knowledge level of your audience. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a, a training or a presentation where the presenter was speaking very high level over your head. How did that make you feel? I'm sure that it made you feel like you were that you were lost or couldn't mm. understand it. Why is everybody else in this room understanding it? And how come I'm not understanding it? I'm right. not that stupid. So the principle of complexity first, understanding where, what is the current knowledge level of your audience? And you can figure that out a couple of ways. Number one, you can ask some questions at the very beginning to understand their, their current knowledge level. You could send out a poll beforehand. You can ask the meeting organizer, who are these people? What is their current knowledge level? What is their experiences? And so on. So once you understand their level of knowledge, now you need to meet them where they are at mm. and then slowly bring them with you to the more complex, to the more uh, intricate parts of the discussion. I like to use the visual of a swimming pool that at the deep end of the pool, well, let me say that that facilitator who talked over your head, that facilitator dove straight into the deep end of the pool mm. and drowned, brought everybody with them, and now we're all drowning. But <laughs> if, if your audience is down there at the shallow end of the pool, then you meet them at the shallow end of the pool, and then you slowly bring them with you down to that deep end of the pool or wherever your objectives are. So today's tip is understand the principle of complexity, understand where your audience is in their current knowledge, and then once you understand that, then slowly bring them with you, going from the, the low-level complexity to the higher-level complexity, the principle mm -hmm. of complexity. 
I love it. I love it. It's like it's taking them on a journey, right? I, I love that fact because you can start at the bottom of the pool, but how many people can hold their breath, right? So same same concept. Uh, so I, I love it because it allows everyone to say, I know that, I know that. And then you bring them to the next level. Oh, I know that, I know that. Okay, so it, you're getting advice from your audience is really what you're asking, right? Or what you, right. the tip is, right? Yeah, exactly. And you brought up a really good point because along that journey, and I like the way that you explain that, that yes, you're taking them on a journey. Along the journey, you have to check for understanding that you just don't start from the low level and then go to the high level. Along the route, you have to check, okay, now that we've covered this topic, what questions do you have about this topic? Mm -hmm. let, let me check your current understanding. Let me ask some questions about it so I can make sure that everybody, we're not losing anybody. Right. We're not drowning anybody along the way. They haven't gotten out of the pool and headed over to the bar. So we've kept them all in the pool with us. So we have to also check for understanding. Mm, love it. Love it. I know that you, you, um, you teased us with one, and I think you have two more that uh, you probably have like 500 more, but I, I'd love to hear at least two more because it, it's that, that level of understanding that we need to get into as, a as the audience, right? right? And the presenter has to, I guess they have to read the room, right? That's really what they need to do. Yes. Yes. Definitely have to read the room. And there's, I gave a couple of examples earlier that asking questions at the very beginning, how many people here are scared of speaking in public? Mm. You know, that there is accomplishing a couple of things. Number one, it's creating engagement with my audience because now they've had to do something. They've had to think, well, wait a minute, do I get nervous? Hold on a second. And then they raise their hand. So that's engagement, but it's also giving me the facilitator an idea of who's in the room. If everybody raises their hand, now I know I have a room full of people that all get nervous when they speak in front of a group of people. Mm -hmm. If nobody raises their hand, well, about 90% of them are lying, but everybody <laughs> gets nervous. You know, getting nervous, uh, here's a tip, getting nervous is normal. If, yes. you, if you are nervous, then guess what? You're, you're just like everybody else. The trick is learning how to use that nervousness or how to mm -hmm. use that energy as a positive. You're going to be nervous, but understanding your foundational skills of speaking, being able to rely on those strong foundational skills of speaking are going to help you to easily work through that nervousness. You ask any speaker that they're going to tell you, that they get nervous. Uh, I get nervous. I'm nervous before I come here. What? What? <laughs> but you, you, you tap into those foundational skills. I think being nervous is also comes into fear as well, right? Because it's almost nervous because you are not a hundred percent sure of the unknown. How are they going to receive you? Right? Yeah. 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 That's. That, that comes up uh, a lot, especially when it comes to thinking about asking your audience questions. Mm. Uh, many times I'll get the response, well, I'm afraid to ask questions because I don't know what's going to come at me. And mm. many speakers feel that they have to know everything. You don't have to know everything because depending on the situation or depending on the, the, uh, the format of the presentation, 
I could use my audience to help me answer that question. You ask me a question. I don't know the answer to the question. Well, that's a great question. Let's throw it out to the audience. What do you guys think? How, how would you handle that situation? You know, that's going into that, again, the foundational skill of, of how to be a good facilitator. Being a good facilitator is like running a marathon. It's a constant it's a constant uh, a jog throughout that entire presentation. So I also wanted to say one more thing about the nervousness, that your audience wants you to be successful. There's mm -hmm. only one person in that room that feels that that presentation <laughs> is not going to go well. Can you guess who that one person is? Oh, yeah. You're looking in the mirror. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You, you, you can't see that person in the room because you, you, unless you've got a mirror in that mm -hmm. room. But it's normal. It's normal. Your audience wants you to be successful. Mm. And they, you know, as much as people like to stop and, and bottleneck uh, tr in traffic, they still don't want to see the true accident. They don't want to see the mangled body. Right. right, they, right. They're just curious. So they don't want to see you uh, not be successful. But right. also a lot of times. Tell me, tell me what, what you feel about somebody who yells out when or starts asking questions and the speaker is not ready for it what's the best advice you can give a speaker to quiet those people down a little bit well uh, great question so one of the things that i would recommend is by setting the stage up front what are we doing how are we doing this uh, what can you expect from me? What do I expect from my audience? What are, what are all of you going to be able to understand better once we get to that deep end of the pool or our destination? So if you set up front about how questions should be handled, when to ask questions, how to ask questions, and one of the things that today we're going to cover these three things. We're going to cover that the, the top three things of presenting. We're going to cover know your audience. We're going to talk about stories and we're going to talk about compelling conclusions. Mm. Now, if somebody asks a question that's within those three things, yes, we can address that. Maybe we address it now or we address it at the end. But if it's something outside of that area, then I'll let them know I'm going to put this in the parking lot. The parking mm. lot is basically there's a, uh, several ways you can do this. You can put up a flip chart paper and say, hey, that's a great question. Let me write that question down. It's not something we're going to be covering now, but let me get to that when we, at the, at, when we get to a break or at the end of the day or whatever, what, uh, the end of the session or something like that. So you've got to set those rules. If there's no rules, things are going to go nuts. They are going to go nuts. <laughs> I've seen it go nuts. It's kind of funny. And one of the things I saw... Um, I know speakers doing that a lot is, oh, uh, ask me that later. Ask yeah. me that later. But what I like to do as a speaker myself, I like to say, hey, do me a favor. Can you jot it down mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you don't forget it? Yeah. And all of a sudden they, they see that I care, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, would you say showing your audience that you care about their questions is also a critical part of being a good presenter? Great question. So exactly what you said. So if 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 the if the presenter says, hey, we'll get to that later and they don't get to it later, that certainly is going to reflect in their credibility. Mm -hmm. So by by the facilitator writing it down, putting it on that 
putting it on that flip chart or asking someone, could you write that down and remind me at the end that we're going to go through that? We're going to talk about that. It definitely adds to the credibility. Another way to add to the credibility with questions is to recognize the individual. David, that was a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. Boy, that was a good one. I'm sure, you know, that's something we're going to get to later, David, and, and addressing them by name and thanking them for the question and recognizing that question, acknowledging that question also helps with that intimacy or that, that, uh, that engagement with your audience. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. So one of the things uh, that a lot of people will ask questions that you, it's part of your presentation, you just haven't got to yet. So would you be able to say, wow, great question. Believe it or not, you must be a mind reader because that's coming up, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect response. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what can you give us a bonus, bo bonus uh, tip, if you don't mind? So I'm going to go back to the principle of uh, the, uh, the, the eight principles of engagement. I've talked about one of them already, the principle of complexity. And I'm going to talk about one, uh, another one is the principle of repetition, mm -hmm. that, that in many cases, the speaker, they know their information. They, they're married to this stuff, and they could give this presentation in their sleep. Right. However, many times your audience is hearing this information for the very first time. So look for opportunities to, to, to repeat or to give a transition or maybe a short review before we move on to the next topic. And for example, we've just looked at the principle of complexity and we said that complexity was where you start from the low end of, of the compl complexity of the information and we go to the high end. And now let's take a look at the next next principle of engagement, the principle of repetition. So I'm using that. There's many ways that you can create that transition, but you want to give it to your audience where they can kind of absorb this stuff. So principle of repetition would be a bonus. I love that because, you know, sometimes, and, and I like the, the, there's got to be a, a formula, if you will, right? You're going to tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them what you're going to tell them, and then you remind them of what you told them, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. You're going to tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Right. That way you remind them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that's one of my top three areas. I, I said it earlier is having that compelling conclusion. Mm -hmm. A lot of people forget about having a good conclusion. Right. And part of that conclusion could be a review of what we've covered today and a call to action could be in there as well. Mm. I, I love calls to action because a lot of people, they wonder why they're going to an event and they're not making money. Mm. I wonder why. Yeah. I wonder yeah. why. Yeah, because they've overwhelmed their audience. Could be. They mm. didn't give a call to action. They, the people were overwhelmed because it, there were, and there's no stories. Stories have to be included in there. And, they didn't know their audience. So those are the top three things that I find that people struggle with the most, not knowing their audience, not incorporating stories and not having a compelling conclusion. Beautiful. David, these are great, great tips. I'm sure anybody who wants to become a presenter can take these tips and really hone in on how to even get started, right? The, the most important thing is to start. I always recommend to people, hey, talk to the people who are closest to you. 
you know, start speaking to your kids as a presenter <laughs> or your wife or, or your neighbor or somebody talk else. To your, talk to your wife. <laughs> you should start talking to your wife or your exactly. husband. You know? <laughs> Conversation is important. What, what do you think or, or how relevant or how important is it for a presenter to have the best opening lines and maybe have a slew of them? That's a great question. Certainly, you know, one of, and now let me just briefly focus on one of the other eight principles is the principle of, of primacy and recency mm. primacy, meaning that firsts that as adults, we remember impactful firsts and how, how does that relate to a presentation, a presentation, your opening has to be compelling, has to be able to grab people's attention. There are a million ways that you can create an opening. However, they all have the same objective. Get your audience to lean in, to, to want to know more. So what you've said is, yes, no matter what you're talking about, your opening is going to be most important. Many people open with, I am this, I have done that, I have done, I've graduated here, I do this and I do that, I, 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 you know, it's all of that. And, and it's, it's not about, yes, all of the speakers, all of the speakers influences and experiences have certainly brought them to where they are now, mm -hmm. which is important. But what's most important is your audience, the with them, what's in it for me? What, what is it about this subject that why should I listen as an audience member? Why should I listen? Why should I care? What value is this going to have for me? So that opening has to immediately hit me upside the head and say, I need to listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people, they go to an event and they spend a lot of money getting there. Well, now we have virtual events, but we're going back to non-virtual as well. And people spend money, hotel, you know, airfare, meals, and then they come and watch you and they're like, oh, my God, this is the worst. Or, <laughs> oh, my God, this was worth every penny. Yeah. So you, you want to engage them in the, in, the, in the latter one, right? Exactly. And, and, you know, and, and I would ask those people that have that reaction, what was it about that speaker that said, wow, this guy was great. And I would guarantee and I would wager to guess that they had a compelling opening. They used stories. They engaged their audience. They may have had some exercises of some sort. They made your audience think they kept you on that train or they kept you in that pool all the way to the destination at the deep end of the pool. Whereas the other guy that they said was horrible did none of that. Mm. So knowing your audience is, a, is it's a great tip. What if you don't know your audience? You just flew in, you're in for a quick talk, and then you have to fly out to go to, to another place. Right. What is the best way? to get to know your audience and maybe you only, you got there and you have 20 minutes before you, you come on. Well, great question. And it happens. It certainly happens that number one, I'd stand at the door shaking people's hands as they're coming in, ask them a quick question. I don't have a lot of time because there's a lot of people that are coming in to see me because I'm so great. Right. And, and, <laughs> and so shaking their hands. So now by doing that, maybe I learn a couple of tidbits from them. Hopefully, be you know. Let's back up. That you know, bef when I was booked for the gig, I would be asking questions. I'd be asking, "Who's the audience? What does the room look like? How's the room going to be set up? How many minutes do I have? 
what is most important to this audience? I would have asked a zillion questions even before I got close to getting on that airplane. Mm -hmm. And, and now that I'm there and I'm there 20 minutes beforehand, uh, and don't have much time to set up and so on, but I'm going to, what's most important is the audience. If I'm not fully set up, I've got my agenda. I've got my foundational speaking skills. The, the audience is the most important. So shaking hands, ask some questions at the beginning. How many people have experienced this? How many people have done this? Who's having a struggle with this? And if you raise your hand and say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. What are you struggling with that? So engaging that audience. And I'm engaging them, and I'm also getting, getting some good feedback of who is the audience and where are they really struggling. Mm. God, David, I can talk to you for hours on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, the, the, the other thing that, that I'm also um, thinking about as, as you're talking is, yes, engaging with the audience. And you, you said asking them questions and you talked about stories. I mean, even your story getting to the airport or how the struggles and all that stuff is, is part of sometimes the story that you can tell, even if you think you have no stories, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. every every day we have a chance to have a story in our lives. The minute we wake up, something is going to happen in our lives. So we can use those, right? Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up about stories, about uh, stories. So number one, they need to be relevant. They need to have enough color in them. So now your audience can see them and experience them. But another trick about stories, two tricks. Number one is that stories should be recent. Even though this event happened to you years ago, it now has, you know, on my way here from the airport, X happened, mm. even though it was something that happened years ago. Now, this is something I learned going to a stand-up comedy class. If you mm. watch comedians, it's always something that recently happened to them. It happened last week. It happened last night. It happened this past weekend. It's not something, you know, three years ago, I had this thing. It just doesn't become relevant anymore. So you can, there's no, nobody's going to fact check you. We're not politicians. Right. So, <laughs> so you can, you can take those stories from years ago and now make it relevant today. You can also combine stories together, mm -hmm. take a tidbit from this one incident that happened, a tidbit from that incident that happened, a tidbit from this incident that happened and combine all of that into one relevant, compelling story. You know, you just brought up a really, really interesting point. We should look at some stand-up comedy mm -hmm. because they are great storytellers. You just made me think of John Leguizamo, who did the one-man show, and, and he played his mother, he played his cousin, he played everybody, mm -hmm. but it was all based on stories, and it was mm -hmm. super funny. Yeah. But he drew you in. Mm -hmm. The audience was there. I was there watching it on, on television. It mm -hmm. was really very interesting. I've seen comedians up close. I've actually had conversations with them as well. I'm sure you have as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've actually been at a comedy club and I sat with all the comedians before they went up and they were, they were just laughing mm -hmm. before they even went up. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really fun and it was interesting. And I think I had a better time sitting mm -hmm. at the table with them. <laughs> they were telling jokes and stories and all that stuff. And when they went up there, it was just natural. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's what a great presenter is right. Natural. 
you know, and you, you've, you've reminded me of something else when it comes to not only stories, but your entire presentation is that you need to see it in your head. So I would imagine when, uh, uh, I, I, I know you mentioned the, the comedian's name and I, but I have a hard time pronouncing his name. Leguizamo, yeah. Right. Yeah. So when he's talking about his mother and talking about all of those other characters, I'm, I, I'm going to guarantee that he's seeing his mother in his head. Mm -hmm. He's seeing those stories. He's seeing that experience. He's feeling that experience within him as he's telling that story. And the more that we can see it, feel it, taste it, smell it within us, the easier it is for us to paint that picture with words. Mm -hmm. And my earlier, you were talking about uh, new speakers. One of the things that I would recommend to two things, to new speakers, number one, is to talk about things that you know really well, because this way you can, you can, you can, if you get lost in any way in that presentation, you know it. So it's mm -hmm. inside of you. So you don't have to worry about the content. Now you, now you just need to focus on one thing and that's the mechanics of mm -hmm. speaking. And the other is look for opportunities to speak, get a coach. Hello. Uh -huh. Or go to uh, Toastmasters. That, that is one of the best places to practice your presentation skills. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And if you don't mind, I, I may even give a little tip. A lot of people come out and think they have to tell people their name. Meanwhile, someone just, just edified them. They say, we're going to bring up David. And then you come up and you go, hi, I'm David. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Did I not hear the first person? Exactly. So, Right. So it, you have to realize that maybe if you are going to say your name, you don't say it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. you engage people with that first impression. Right. That first thing. And then the last thing is the way you dress. How is mm -hmm. that important? Well, that's a great question. You know, there's so many different things can that can distract an audience. And certainly clothing is one of the things that can distract an audience. I uh, used to work with a young lady that she would wear these bracelets and it just clink, clank, clink, clank, clink, clank, clink, clank all the way through. And so that there becomes a distraction. Certain colors, maybe uh, uh, shoes or... Or lack you know, of shoes. <laughs> or lack of shoes or lack of bathing, you know, something like that. But, you know, the point is wearing something that's comfortable, wearing something that's going to be you. It's mm -hmm. not something that's somebody else or that doesn't represent you. So keep it simple. Uh, uh, keep it professional. You know, what I, uh, I did a lot of training in my background. And one of the things that I was told many years ago was that you always dress one notch above your audience mm. so i would say that i would use that as a rule of thumb one notch above your audience yeah, yeah. You, you i think you, your presentation you, you if every if all the other presenters are wearing gray suits or gray dresses mm. would it make sense for you to wear a gray one as well right i me personally no i right. I, I, <laughs> I i i no i'm outside the box i wear pink shirts i wear i love wearing pink I think that real men wear pink. That's right. I, I may wear gray slacks and gray socks and black shoes. And, and I've got a, a nice, very, uh, a, a nice jacket. It's not a, it's a nice sport coat. Mm, yeah. So impressions, they come in all different ways, right? The way, even the way you walk out on stage, 
you know, one, one of the greatest uh, presenters out there and, you know, Tony Robbins, I saw him oof, many years ago. It was a very small audience. It was only 2000 of us. Mm-hmm. And I was in the third row. And when he came out, we knew he was coming out, but that was not enough for him. He needed to energize everything. So he blasted the music. Everybody felt like, what? Are we in a nightclub? And then he came out, he made everybody clap. So it's the engagement of the audience, what you talked about earlier. He mm-hmm. brought their energy level way up. Way right, up. right. So. Yeah. yeah, so so the way that you describe that, that immediate engagement with his audience, and let's say that he's nervous. I, mm-hmm. I don't know whether he's nervous. I'm just going to guess that he's nervous like everybody else. But coming out with that much energy, using that nervousness energy or that excitement energy when you're coming out, clapping your hands as you're coming out, coming out with a lot of energy, that's ha- that's going to help to disperse any of that nervousness. And it, so the, the loud music, the excitement, the clapping, the, the energy coming out, that helps to get rid of any of that nervousness. Yeah, yeah. David, I want to thank you for today. Wow, great, great tips. I really, really appreciate you. I know you're going to be on some of my other shows. Wow, I am honored that you are going to be there. Do us all a favor. Follow the show, like it, subscribe, and follow David. David, how can we follow you? Two great ways to find me on LinkedIn, David Dorier, D-O-E-R-R-I-E-R. You see it there up on the screen. And the other is through my website, presentyourwaytosuccess.com. Love it. Presentyourwaytosuccess.com. And I like the way you ended it. Calm. (laughs) And that's my radio broadcasting voice coming out. I love it. I love it. You have a great voice. And obviously, you're a great presenter. My friend. Thank you. Have an amazing and blessed Friday. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.